another podcast already in the middle of the week. Has he lost his mind? No, ladies and gentlemen, an Irish in Sweden podcast that doesn't come out at 7 o'clock on a Monday can usually only mean one thing, right? And it usually has to do with an art exhibition by Alana Robbins. Welcome to the Irish in Sweden podcast. My name is Philip O'Connor, and this is something of a bonus podcast that you get in midweek uh, just because of how events unfolded this week. So you will have heard in Monday's podcast if you listen to it, which I'm sure you did because you're both handsome and attractive and intelligent and this is what you do with these things you know you listen to podcast every week you support it on patreon.com forward slash arrowman in stockholm don't you and so when you were listening to this week's podcast you would have heard me mentioning alana robbins and her new exhibition which has taken place this week and uh, i didn't have the details to hand because at that point the gallery director hadn't sent me the press release or that kind of thing they were working very hard to get everything in place and that but they finally got it to me and i said okay uh you know he is down there at all so there was uh an, a display or sort of an opening this evening or i don't know if it was the press who were there or whatever this evening but there was a certainly a, a little bit of a a do down there at the gallery on the thursday evening as i'm speaking to you and i snuck in before that so i did and i met the wonderful alana robbins and she showed me the tra- the tremendous work that she's done and i was going to wait until monday but i can't because this week is gallery weekend in sweden and lads if you're going to get out and you're going to be looking at art and that kind of thing, should we not be supporting our own? Should we not be looking at all the great Swedish artists and all the other great artists that are showing their works here this weekend? Absolutely. Go at knock yourselves out. But when Alana Robbins is, uh, is showing stuff in town, I think we should definitely go and see it. And haven't seen it, it's absolutely amazing. So the the um, uh, the ex- exhibition is called Comfort Ye My People. And I went down there and, as I say, I was planning on keeping it until Monday and I figured, okay, let's not do that because she's going back to Ireland on Tuesday. So I wanted you to hear what she has to say. I want you to have the chance to go down there on Friday or on Saturday or on Sunday or indeed on Monday before she goes back to Connemara on Tuesday. For those of you who don't know, uh, Alana's a tremendous artist, multidisciplinary artist, is often over here in Sweden, indeed lived here for five years, takes a lot of inspiration from here, works a lot uh, with the uh, the bonds, if you like, are creating channels between Irish and Swedish artists and, and helping people to, to display their works in different places. And she's a fantastic person, fascinating artist to talk to as well. So this is a conversation that we had earlier on today as she showed me around the Gallery Duer uh, space where she is shown down on Hudviksvallskatan. I'll be back with more details of the exhibition, but here you go. Here's the conversation now, that. Alana Robbins, welcome back to Stockholm. How are you keeping? Thank you very much, very well, thanks. Thanks a million, lovely. It's a shame I didn't have this turned on when I found you up a stepladder in the flattening out prints, that kind of thing. (laughs) Exactly. Tell me, um, you got in touch with me last week to tell me that this exhibition was happening. Are we ready to go? Is everything hung up and ready to go now? What's happening? Yeah, it's just, you're you're very good, excellent timing, I have to say, yeah. Fantastic. Yes, just ready to go. What is it that we have on show here in Gallery Duer in Stockholm? Um, so the exhibition is called Comfort Ye My People. It's all Connemara landscape as it happens, um, pencil drawings and etchings. Um, and I suppose it's like a reflection on our relationship with the land and, and on our relationship with time. Um, I 
didn't I, I had other plans for this exhibition but I just kind of felt completely compelled to draw the mountains around my studio and um, I suppose I'm feeling like everyone a lot of climate anxiety and my kind of point of self <laughs> comfort is to think well the mountains will be okay whatever about the rest of us um, <laughs> so what you see here and the there's there are two eight meter long drawings yeah so this one here is of Renville in, in north northwest Connemara yeah so you're looking at a, a village up against the mountains uh, about uh, the mountainside um, really very, very close to the sea, so the sea is here. And I've done these as panoramic drawings. Mm. So you go round and you're back to where you started, and we're going round and round in rotations. Mm. Um, and each time we go round, the tides come in, um, oh, well. until the, the mountain is just kind of an island. So, um, yeah, I mean, on one hand, that could be seen as really panicky, but I just want to, I suppose, in one sense, all we have is this moment. Mm. And I suppose so I was drawing it with the kind of the thought to think in geological time. Mm. So like while every fence post, I've drawn it exactly as I see it now in this time. Yeah. So every fence post to stay inside, but imagining that landscape being consumed by water. Yeah. And then below it, you've got a, a drawing from the Ina Valley. So it's the same thing, but like if you like, we could read it backwards. Yeah. Because I also want it to be. I did think about bringing the tide all the way in and then bring it all the way back out again. Yeah. Um, but that would have been 16 meters. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Nobody had the space. Um, so here we've got um, the Ina Valley, and my studio and interface, which I run, is in the Ina Valley, um, covered in water. Mm. So if we read that backwards, um, we'll read back up the other way, yeah. um, back to how it is today. The water recedes here. Yeah, yeah. Here. So this is how the Ina Valley is now. Mm. And it was really interesting. So I just really did feel completely compelled just to draw simply, just that immediacy of the, the pencil and paper. Have and you it, thought about what it was that compelled you to do that? Because as you said, you were planning something completely different for this exhibition and then this just took over. Yeah, well, I think it is because, I think possibly just the kind of the state of fear and chaos that we're living in. It was something about the simplicity of the direct unmediated image, the draw what's in front of you, um, the simplicity of that, the kind of authenticity of it. I didn't try to do anything except communicate what I could see. And then, like, because on each of these drawings I've drawn the same mountain four times, mm. you get really familiar. Like, every nuance, every shadow, every wrinkle on that mountain is really familiar to me, and I drive past this mountain every day. Mm. Um, so that I, that's all I can think. I feel like the, the climate of anxiety that we're living in um, makes you kind of draws you back to kind of something solid, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and mm. so then I had also kind of wanted to look at this, I, I was looking at different ways of exploring this tidal rise as well then. Um, and in, so over here you can see a set of 52 etchings, which is one for each year of my life. Um, <laughs> and. I'll have to switch on the lights for you. We didn't put them on yet, but there's kinetic lighting for this. Mm. Um, 
and that's of the Derry Clare Horseshoe, which is so from my studio. I can see that mountain, but not so it's the sense that when I walk up there, that's what I see. Mm. Um, and I did play around with playing like tidal rises for this one here as well. Um, but and it was funny with with those hanging pieces, I I like really carefully examined the contour lines. I did my maths. I did my trigonometry for for the first time <laughs> since school. <laughs> I got the shapes, I photographed them from the right angle, and then I kind of, using all that information, I put in the water level rising, mm. and it was, it was not actually, it didn't read well at all. It, didn't, it wasn't believable. Whereas these ones I actually guessed. Yeah. And I think they're much more believable. And this one over here, I suppose, is interesting then. Um, so I, the reason I used etching was because I wanted to, these to be kinetic pieces. I wanted them to move mm. and scroll. And, you know, you couldn't scroll drawing because it was smudge. Um, and this is on Wangju Chinese rice paper. Um, and I just love the, the lightness of it. You mm. know, when it's wet, you can actually see right through it. So this is a view from the top of Ben Bon, um, which is the highest mountain in Connemara. And you're looking at towards the Roundstone Bog and the Ina Valley there. And again, it's panoramic. So over here on the right is the same place as the furthest mm. on the left. Yeah. And then, as you can see, I've just brought in the tide levels. Um, again, these were imagined. They imagined up to from, as it is today, over five different etchings um, to 400 metres tidal rise. Mm. Um, and so that's the one plate so etching works that you put your information on you draw your information onto a metal plate yeah. and then you etch it in with acid so that top one is the original plate that's the same plate used in all five here yeah what we've done with the others and i had a wonderful printmaker claire henderson working with me is we've not inked up the parts where we want it to be water so putting it as a kind of an absence, which I think is also quite interesting, yeah. you know, in the sense that we're looking at water consuming the landscape as then being uh, an absence. Mm. But I think also here it's kind of cool because this looks like a beach, doesn't it? Yeah. With the rock pools. Yeah, it looks lovely. <laughs> you know, but it's the yes. same. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how it changes just by the, the, sort of the rising of the water and that kind of thing, you know? Exactly, yeah. you, you mentioned the climate anxiety. Uh, you'd be familiar to many people because of your relationship with Sweden. You've lived mm -hmm. here before yourself. Mm. You've exhibited many times. Mm -hmm. We've spoken many times mm. about these things. Is it something you feel in your everyday life when you are driving past these mountains, that this yeah. is very present in your life right now? And yeah. what's, that, what's that doing with you? Because I've never really spoken to you about art before and seen you sort of a little bit on edge the way you are when you're describing these works mm. to me. Yeah, well, yeah, it has me in a constant state of anxiety, I have to say. And I, and if that's me at my age, what are teenagers like? What are children like? I think it's, I don't know. I, I just, so I just felt compelled, like I keep saying the same word, mm. but just that to focus on something that does feel secure, because I think we can get so overwhelmed by negativity that's no use to anyone. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's useless. So that's why the expression is actually called Comfort Ye, my people, because I wanted it to be more about, like, things will be fine, do you know? Mm. And the mountains will be okay, even if, you know, even if other things aren't. And just really kind of focused on the longer picture and the whole exhibition is a merged thing in geological time. I mean, we're, there's so much flooding at home. Like, what's so amazing is just the... the the water bombs, 
the flash flooding, mm. the tide rising. I mean, you can see it all every day. So yeah. how could you not, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Be thinking about it all the time. And that, you know, just, it's so extreme, mm. the weather, and I suppose only going to get more extreme then. Mm. Um, so, and then I suppose I'll show you here as well. Um, these drawings then are of archaeological remains. So these were kind of... I, I started because I heard someone saying, oh, I'm going to draw that now there, and I'm going to take the humans out of the landscape. And I thought, that's kind of odd. Like, how do you take humans out of the landscape? Mm. Because we are part of the landscape. We're part of nature. Mm. And she was taking, drawing out like a cottage but only drawing the vegetation and not the cottage. And I was thinking when I was going, I did these on residency in Kilrillig in Kerry, and it was like, well, what stones were put there by man and what were put by nature? Now, in this one here, which is a cashel, it's quite clear they were put there by man. Mm. Um, in this one here next to it, it's collapsed oratory in County Kerry. It's less clear. I mean... If you know what you're looking at, maybe it's really obvious, but mm. I felt it wasn't so clear, like the stones in the field. Um, this is the Chevaux de Frise by Dunangasa in, in Ishmore, where, you know, that field of limestone, but then the, the limestone bits sticking up that mm. were meant to keep the horses from galloping around and invading the fort. Again, it, it can be quite like... I was going to say a man on a galloping horse that wouldn't know which was put there by man and which by, by nature. Um, this, the next one is a dune in um, Lettergesh. And if you look at this from above, it's really clear. Mm. There's a, a, a really circular settlement yeah. um, that looks like kind of a really decorative necklace on the land. But from this particular angle where I chose to draw it from, it's, I think it's... Um, I just wanted it to be more like, oh, well, okay, well, you can see there's the wall there. That's part of the settlement. Mm. But down here, what, what has just, what's fallen from the wall? What was there already? Yeah. And then this one I love. I think this is kind of funny. So this is um, from Inishmore as well. And this is a boulder. And these are the little rocks put on top, almost like a little coat. Mm. So it's that kind of, yes, of course, they were put there by somebody. There was kind of a field clearance yeah. thing going on. Um, and then I have two inside the door there. So one is an old road in Streamstown, another is a field kind of field um, patterns. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll show you over here. Yeah. Well. You mentioned kinetic light. What is yeah. kinetic light? It's like lighting, moving light. So I have aspirations of being a kinetic artist, but unfortunately I don't have the, the skills. <laughs> <laughs> I have so. many similar aspirations in other aspects of my life. Yeah. So, it's got a, the thinnest space in the world now. I don't know how Alana's going to get in here, but she's going to find a light switch one way or the other. There's actually there's a plug pulled out here. That's one of them. Okay. Okay. So now we have a light spinning in the ceiling, and now we have plenty of light spinning around here as well. So we've got these 52 etchings hanging in the space um, of the Derry Clare Mountain. Um, and I think they're a bit like prayer flags. Mm. Um, 
and you've got two lighthouse lights and two garter lights, um, which I swiped off. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go incriminating yourself, please. I don't want this podcast coming up in court. Um, So, yeah, I couldn't get any with blue lights. I didn't want them with blue lights. (laughs) You can order them just with white lights. So they kind of give this... um, quite kind of strobe effect mm. to the space and a sense of movement. And then what you get, I, I, one of the materials I love to work with is light and shadow and to get this sense, actually those lights there should be off. So you'll get more of a, this, when the, um, the strip lighting is off, you get this more of the strobe effect. Yeah. So it's quite gentle out here, but then I wanted to use this corner to, um, to kind of a more maximum effect that you get that a sense of time, yeah. basically. And I mean, I, it's funny, I don't know if you've read that book, Andreessen Air Magnuson. it's called On Time and Water. And no, I heard you mention it before. Though. Yeah, it's so beautiful, and he talks about how to place ourselves in time, in terms of the landscape and geological change, and he talks about his grandparents going for their honeymoon walking on a glacier, and he urges the reader to imagine what, what the world be like when you're gr- your granddaughter's daughter is 94. Mm. And like just that kind of, how do we place ourselves in time? How do we place ourselves in, and in terms of familial love, place ourselves in time. Mm. So um, that it's funny then, I was talking talking to someone about this exhibition, what what it's about, and I said, well, it's kind of about like time and water. And then I realized, I wasn't meaning to (laughs) like it. Copy them, but there you go. I did call one of the pieces "Time and Water" because I mean that's what it's about. Yeah. Well, the inspiration is fair enough. It's exactly. Not like yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So. Has has doing this work helped you with that sense of anxiety around the climate? Do you think? I don't know. Um, maybe. Yeah. Is I'm just doing something. I mean, we all have to do something, mm. and we just. I think one of the hardest things is the scale of our knowledge about the world. Or, or ignorance, as the case may be. Yeah, but like the amount of bad news we can consume, um, in rela- and the relationship between that and our ability to change things. Mm. So I think when you're looking at Palestine, you're looking at Ukraine, you're looking at Sudan, and you're looking at the glaciers, and there's so much bad news, and you need to. We need to be able to. We can't act on that scale. We can only act locally on our own small level. And in a way that I think these drawings, this work has been very meditative. So it did kind of, I suppose, bring me back to that just meditation on here and now. Because that's all we can do, isn't Mm. it? And, I mean, I do what I can. Um, So, yeah, I suppose maybe it has. Yeah, maybe it has helped. I don't know. (laughs) The jury remains out on that one, doesn't (laughs) it? Tell people where they can come and see this work. How long is this going to be on display here in Stockholm? Um, so it's going to be on for a month, um, a bit more than a month, till the 16th of December. Um, it's at Gallery Duer with Deborah Duer on Hudiksvallsgatan. And it's very exciting for me because, as, as you know, I lived in Stockholm from, for five years, from 2011. And this, like, this is such a street. <laughs> this is the gallery street. It's just galleries everywhere here, isn't it? This is the gallery street, yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't know, like, it's very kind of chic, uh, chic uh, shiny, slick art you find on this street. And I, I didn't know, was I being radical and brave or just mad stupid bringing pencil drawings on paper? Mm. Um, 
I mean, the jury's out on that one as well still. <laughs> I feel very, yeah, um, yeah, the work is, it's very, very simple work. Um, and yeah, very simple materials. And I suppose that's also part of the whole thing about this, the climate issue. That was also a choice that I use these simple materials, mm. you know. Um, what, what do you expect the reaction to be from the Stockholm art scene and from people who come down the street several times a week? I know you're touching your tummy there as if you want, <laughs> I just want to barf now. Yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, yeah, my heart is in my mouth. <laughs> I really, yeah, well, Deborah loves it, which is really encouraging. That's a great start. A great barometer. Yes, yeah. So, um, and I've worked with her over many years, but it is my first solo show with her on, on this street. So it's a, it's a big step up because I've done a lot of work in the artist-led scene mm-hmm. in Detroit, Stockholm, and different, and supermarket art fair. Um, but actually, I mean, I expect that this would bring me to a really entirely different new audience, and they do get an audience, and it is, it's also, it's gallery weekend in Stockholm. So I do expect to get a lot more visibility, whatever people think of it, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it, yeah, it's, it's very simple work, um, so. Do you think people feel short-changed by simple worker when they come to galleries no, like this? I'll talk to you in a month's time. I'll talk to you, <laughs> talk to you on Monday. <laughs> or, or not, as the case may be. You know? uh, is there a commercial aspect to this? Because you look at a yeah. space like this, there's literally, when I was looking for it, I was going, okay, which of the 28 galleries on this street is it? Do people come in here? Do they offer to buy this work? How does this, how does this uh, gurunt, as they say in Swedish, how do, how do you make this pay for itself? Yeah, well, I mean, it, uh, yes, this is a commercial gallery street. Like, so what I, the galleries that I've exhibited in before would be artist-led, typically not expecting to sell, although I did sell to Lars Nurian. Oh, did you, yeah? <laughs> yes, yeah or was yeah. that one of his plays the other night? Yes, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. He, he bought some of my pieces um, from Detroit, Stockholm. Um, but this is, this is the street where you would expect to sell. Um, yeah, people sell big work. I mean, I know that now. I was thinking, oh, well, who's going to buy an eight-metre-long drawing? But... You know, you never know. I mean, I think it would be lovely in a hospital or in some public building. Mm. I mean, obviously, it would have to be framed or protected in some way. Um, I have been well supported by Culture Ireland and by the Arts Council of Ireland and by the Galway County Council Arts Office. So that, you know, that does support my practice a lot. Mm. I couldn't couldn't get by without that Mm. as well. But I would hope to sell some stuff. So, I mean, etchings, you can... Etchings can sold for much more affordable prices because you have your one plate and then you can make multiples so yeah. like i said there are 52 of these and then the others are addition of nine because they're super complicated to make in terms of the where you put the ink on the plate or where you don't put it on um so yeah you're here in situ until tuesday so if yeah. people want to meet you this podcast will be out on monday morning so they have kind of yeah. 24 hours to get down here oh, yes, and see on Monday. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. We will put it out on social media in the meantime. But yeah. it, the exhibition is here until the 16th of December. Will you be yeah. coming back to visit us before Christmas at all? Or are you just going to um, I have was, this packed up and shipped to you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was hoping to come back. Yeah, certainly towards the end. The issue is I'm also a church organist. And it's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Busy time of the year. It's a silly season that weekend. So... Um, I might come back just before it. I'd like to, yeah, I mean, I'd really like to, I'd love to come back and pack it up and just be here a bit more, you know, for the audience, because it is really, it's a super exciting opportunity for me, really and truly. I've been, I think it's, I think it was 2012 when I walked around 
all the galleries on this street. Now, Deborah wasn't here at that point, but I chose some bitterly cold day in January. I think it was like minus 14. And I had to, prior to going into each gallery, I had to massage my lips so I could actually speak. And I cold called, doorstepped all the galleries on this street saying, you know, would you like to show my art? That's so 11 years ago. And, you know, now I'm here. So it, it took a while. <laughs> Is there a sense of satisfaction in that? Because a lot of people in music and the arts will recognise that because so many doors get closed in their face before one opens. And is this, right, uh, you know, like a sort of a moment of, not vengeance, but like, okay, yeah, I've proved that I'm good enough to be exhibited on the street. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Without a doubt, it's, it's huge, hugely significant for me to be here in this gallery on this street. It's massive. Um, and yes, the first exhibition of its kind for me. I mean, I, I exhibited this work in Artlink in Donegal, which is also a really lovely space. But this is just a—it's an—it's—it's uh, got a different audience reach. And basically, you know, you are looking for audience when you make work. You want people to see it. Mm. Like I do want—we've all got an awful lot of work under the bed. Yeah. And just—and you can see as well because the installation of this is so kind of site-specific. And I do use that a lot in my art, that you, I'll hang stuff up, I'll have rotating lights. I've often used, like, rotating mirrors on mm. record players and things like that, so that sends a film around the walls or something that's very much about the time and the space yeah. and that particular thing you can't put under the bed. But So you do, like, I often feel a sense of sadness when the exhibition is over, but you want you want an audience to see it. Yeah. And I do feel pretty confident that we'll get an audience now this weekend being on this street during gallery weekend and I'm going to do two artist talks with the Vernissage tomorrow night between um, five and eight on Friday that'll be history by the time this goes out Um, and I'll be doing two artist talks over the weekend as well so people will be fed up listening to me I suppose. Never and we will never be fed up and listen to you on the Irishman's Reading Podcast promise me that you'll come uh, and talk to me if you do come back but uh, for now I would like to wish you the very best of luck with this Thank you very much. Let's go and take some pictures Lovely, thanks indeed the wonderful Alana Robbins there telling us about her new exhibition uh, Comfort Ye My People which is on there in uh, the Gallery Duer. It is on Hudviksvalsgatan 6, right? Hudviksvalsgatan 6 and lads be careful, right? Because I know it's Gallery Weekend and you're going to be spending all the time in the world looking at art that none of us can afford but uh, yeah, get down there, right? Uh, gal- uh, number 6 on Hudviksvalsgatan is kind of in off the road a little bit so it actually looks like a kind of a delivery entrance if you're going into Gallery Duer there so it takes a little bit of finding but you will find it there. Uh, obviously number four is on one side number eight is on the other side and you just go in through that entrance there and you'll find it up to the right hand side there if you're in look you will meet the wonderful Alana I, I, I don't know if you could tell from the interview there but Alana is just one of those brilliant brilliant people that I have a lot of time for extremely intelligent and sensitive and uh, well spoken individual and it's always a pleasure to talk about art and I make no secret of the fact that art is not something that I'm very familiar with it's not something that I have, feel I have any great understanding of but Alana always makes it very accessible for me and she will do exactly the same for you and her work is very accessible and the detail in some of the etchings and the pencil drawings that she did is just incredible and it's one thing it's always hard to talk about art on a podcast especially visual art you know but when you see them 
after listening to this conversation I think you'll have a, a sort of a new appreciation for the skill of this woman and what she does uh, so get down there over the weekend gallery weekend in Stockholm is from the 10th to the 12th of November my apologies to everybody listening around the country because this is a sort of a, a bonus podcast now so if you're listening above in Yavla or if you're down below in Malmo or down in Gothenburg and that kind of thing, you're probably not going to have an opportunity to see this exhibition but on the upside of it lads you know that it's happening and you know that there are great things happening uh, in the cultural sphere here there has been a load of them this week we did have the glass mask theater company last week uh, they were on the podcast we will have uh, an irish author who has been visiting uh, stockholm and Uppsala and a couple of other places she's on her way to uh, gothenburg now i think but we will have her on, uh, on monday's podcast as well uh, so there's loads of things going on in the cultural space so make the most of it and indeed if you do have anything that is going on in the cultural space if you are an artist or a poet or a musician or a filmmaker or whatever happens to be get in touch because i'm more than happy to put those things out there and let people know where they can come to see your work or where they can see you perform that is it i will be back with a more regular podcast on monday morning i hope you enjoyed that one and I do hope that you get down to Gallery Duer uh, on Scott and 6 to have a look at the brilliant work that Alana has done. In the meantime, boys and girls, look after yourselves, look after one another, and I'll be back on Monday morning at 7am with another episode of the Irish and Sweden podcast. Good luck. <laughs>